Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on October 11th, 2019, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the updates concerning the infamous Crota Fire Team. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this is Ariana's stuff, stunt double, Green Eyed Music Lover. I, I, the Ariana's <laughs> stuff double? Stunt, stunt double. <laughs> oh, okay. Shh. I tried, and honestly, I wrote down Eris's stump, stunt double, but it came out as Ariana's, so I'm so just rolling Ari- with it. Ari- Ariana's stuff double and Eris's stump double. I, I don't... Okay, anyways, so, and last but definitely not the least in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Wicked Jester. Wicked, how are you doing? Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I just, <laughs> the only reason I was able to get through that somewhat smoothly is I have it scripted right in front of me because I don't, I don't, uh, no, Raz, oh, no, no, don't reach out. Um, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry. I apologize for this introduction, ladies and gentlemen. This will go on bloopers. Oh gosh, <laughs> Wicked! How are you? Yeah, usual introductory great. question. Let's let's put Wicked in the, in the spotlight. <laughs> right, I am doing great. Uh, it's been an been an interesting week. I'm glad to hit the weekend. So lots of game grinding, got family coming in. So it's been hectic to say the least. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> All right, so. First off, where can we find you online? Okay, so online, you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Xbox, and PlayStation as Wicked Jester, W-Y-K-I-D-J-E-S-T-R, on all four of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, the streaming portion is going to be, is currently under revamp until we get done with our move. We are going to be moving back out to the East Coast, so our time is going to be a bit different. And uh, hopefully be able to play with more people with our schedules. We have kids and everything there in the daytime. Um, I also role play as Toland and uh, Nezarek online on Twitter. 
Shin as well on occasion, but it's kind of shut that uh, account down. Other than that, really on PlayStation, by all means, if you guys uh, see me around, hit me up, send me a message, say hi. Uh, don't teabag me, I'll come after you. I, okay. <laughs> warning, warning. <laughs> message received. Eagle one. And I will record it and post it on YouTube. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, we will put all those details in the show notes. So if anybody would like to find you, they can reach out and uh, message you and maybe run when they see you in Crucible because that sometimes happens. But taking Blue's gig a little bit tonight and I'm okay with it. But (laughs) since we have had you on the show before. And you've already answered some of our normal questions. I thought I'd ask you a slightly modified question. And what I'd like to ask you is, what got you into liking Toland? Because Lord knows nobody else likes him. And you're like the one guy I know who's like a super, super major defender of him. But everyone else is just like, he's just a jerk. I'm one of those. Yes, I am very aware of that. So, with me, when I first started reading about Toland, uh, number one, I love I love being a devil's advocate from the get-go just because I enjoy making people really think about their arguments. Because if somebody just comes up to me and says, oh, I hate Toland. Well, why? Oh, his voice is annoying. That's not, is that really your reason for hating Toland? Um, especially when they've got such an involved story. I really love to hear when people get involved with the stories. So with Tolan in particular, once I really delved into his character, just because he was, a, he was automatically just an attract, an attraction to me because he was the, he was the guy everybody hated. And I love those people. I love villains. Villains are what really drives a story forward. And as I got to really know him, the, <laughs> I discovered that he was really one of those villains, at least as far as I interpreted him, to be the best kind. The one that is misunderstood, the one that is always shunned, and that is always seen as something that he really isn't. Um, and, the, and again, this is my personal opinion, my personal view on it. Um, because, And we're going to delve into this uh, as far as the actual fire team members themselves and we're going to talk about each one of them but Tolan to me personally was always firstly judged on the action of the fire team and not his motivations behind why uh, it was just the face value judgment and I think that a lot of the problems that come with today's society is they they see things on the surface and they don't look for any deeper meaning to it and they judge it based on that so, to me, Toland represents. This is this is what happens to the kinds of to the people when you really single them out, and that you, when you judge them and don't actually fully understand what they're trying to do, when you just push them away and push knowledge away, this is what happens. This is the kind of tragedy that can happen, and what kind of individual they can really turn into. Uh, 
because Tolan's motivations in the end, he he is a guardian. He he may not be a light bearer anymore because he had his light drained from, or he had his ghost taken away from him, uh, and he's no longer a physical corporeal form. He may not be serving the traveler anymore, but I think at his deepest core, he is absolutely very much still a guardian, and people don't really see that because all they see a lot of this. They see a lot of his faults because what is really presented in the lore and is easy to read is his negative actions, which granted, I will, I will be the first to admit Tolan's a jerk. Like, like he really is. So, but he has reasons to be, he has motivation. Um, and really in my mind, he's no different than Shin Malfur is. Uh, all of that stuff. There's a rhyme and a reason for it. So, yeah, he's sorry. He's I. He's just a jerk. Uh, he's just the the concept, and we have messages not to trust him now in game in in lore. We have just so much information that's not positive towards Tolan in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard to like him. And it's just, <laughs> I respect you. I respect your opinion. And that's why I p- bring you on. But he's such a jerk. Um, <laughs> he is. I it's, know. It's hard to get past it. He's like, he's more of a jerk in my eyes than Drifter is. And I'm sure Drifter has left, like, done way worse things in some respects. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm biased. It's the fine. things he's eaten. Mm. Oh, <laughs> let's not talk about that. <sighs> All right. So, Tolan lore, a big draw in for you and everything mm. going on. Crazy question. I think that is my crazy question because it's so out there for somebody and it's still like i just don't get it i just you've explained it to me you've explained it on the show now and i just don't i just don't i just don't agree and i respectfully disagree that i just think i just don't like him and it's okay and it's okay to disagree that's that's fine though because he is a villain he he is to an extent it's and you want to be able to you want to be able to hate those people or not hate them but Mm -hmm. you want to be able to dislike them to find the faults in them because that's what that's the part that lets you know you're still human mm-hmm. all right if you find yourself to the point where you're just like oh yeah he makes complete and total sense and i agree with everything you do and i do exactly that then i'd be a little yeah. scared yeah you might you might <laughs> you might need to go get uh go talk to somebody but it's the character development behind that it's the the people when you can understand this is where it goes a step too far Mm-hmm. This is where it really becomes an issue, and it being able to identify that—that's where—that's what really makes it relatable. Number one, mm-hmm. and specifically in this release, we really get to see—we really get to see some other sides of Toland that I don't think we've seen things that because. D1 was all about Tolan the Shattered, and he's insane, deep into the high floor, and 
in all reality, I imagine whenever people thought of Tolan, they just thought of uh, just this little creature sitting on the side of a rock, just be like, ah, and like covered in hive rock and all this other, like just really weird, off putting thing that just loved the hive and was all about it. And that wasn't mm-hmm. really him at all. Oh my gosh, Blue. <laughs> Toland is the patron saint of those people who sa- who sacrifice the red blueberry to the boop wall. I mean, if you, I'm not wrong. That's it, one way to look at it. it I'm not wrong. It doesn't even have to be a blueberry. It doesn't even have to be a blueberry. It no, could be like. Well, I mean, blueberry, like, like noob. Like, anyway, anyone, right. anyone who has anyone who you've, if you're the type of person. Granted, I am, who has told people, okay, this next section, you need to run up and touch that ball of light to active to start it off, and we're going to let you do it. If you're that type of person, Toland is your patron saint. <laughs> because, then, and then if you suddenly, and then wait for it and go, boop, woo! <laughs> and then you just hear a lot of cursing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And all you're doing is just laughing. I'm I'm on the ground at that point. I'm just on the ground (laughs) at that point. That was like, I know they've tried to do it since then, but that was like the best bungee prank. Yeah. That turned into an actual mechanic. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever did that was just like, (laughs) I'm going to get so many people with this kind of thing. Like, I am am evil and I'm going to knock every single one of you off. I'm trying to remember. I think they said that that entire entire area was actually inspired by a Castlevania level, actually. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, I want to say it was, uh, you probably asked Pins. Pins. (laughs) There it is. Uh-huh. Pins has Pins a special relationship blueberry. with that. Uh, also, not a platformer. Uh, Pins and jumping. Pins and jumping puzzles in general. Ask him how he feels about the Outbreak Prime level zero hour. Outbreak Prime, that, man. Uh, Talk to him about Last that, Wish. Oh man. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think that is i know we're going to get more into your defense of tolan later because we're going to talk about tolan and mm-hmm. in, in the different episodes as well so i'm oh, going to yeah. turn it back over to blue to do because i didn't do a community thing because you know i'm being i'm living life and it's being really scary right now but blue it's your turn um so like really quick i i know Basically, I think this is a appropriate time uh, to kind of make a call out to this. But uh, last week or this week, I guess yesterday. Wow, that's weird. Um, time is really weird for me right now. But effects uh, confirmed. Yeah, it's not the worst thing I've been told. Um, uh, no, so like, uh, just I want to take a, a couple couple seconds and you know, kind of give a call out to uh, mental health. Um, and I think the reason why I feel like this is an appropriate time is because we'll and we'll get into this with the the figure of Eris because you know as as we kind of talked about I think in top three which you guys will hear mm-hmm. on Wednesday but um, there is a process of healing that we actually are kind of walking Eris through with regards to the nightmares and that's and that's a really cool thing to kind of be 
involved in from a story perspective, from a mechanic standpoint, you know, that's, that's something that's really cool. Um, but it's also something that, you know, quite a few people have actually had to go through in real life. Like that is, that Mm -hmm. is something that is, is a very pressing issue. Um, and this week was the week that had the, I believe it's the national mental health day. Um, and so, you know, there was a lot of outpouring of, of people kind of basically opening up about, you know, issues that they've had, um, just letting people know that they're not alone. And I think that's, um, really important because when you're in the middle of, you know, whether it's an anxiety attack, whether it's depression, um, panic attacks, you know, what, what, what have you, sometimes it does feel like you're absolutely all by yourself. And the reality, the reality is, is that you're not. Um, and I know, for America, for America and the United States, we have the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. We have um, multiple websites that have, you know, confidential chats. There's a lot of health organizations that supply suicide prevention lifelines as well, not just the international uh, or the ISAP or ISSP, IASP. Wow, that is a weird acronym, um, mm-hmm. which is the International Association for Suicide Prevention is basically the same concept as the NSP, but it's for international. Um, and so the, and that and that spans all over. I know uh, the UK has a number of really, really, really good organizations as well. Um, I'm sad. I'm sadly I'm not as familiar with the, the UK area for that um oh sorry raz it's world mental health day sorry um but i just i want to encourage people if they feel you know we've had we've kind of made this comment before on the episode or on the show but again if there is a if there's anything that we can do whether that is to listen uh whether that is to just be someone to talk to you know please let us know um if you need help or need anything like that please do not hesitate to give a call to these lifelines the people that the people who work on these lifelines are extremely qualified for these exact situations um and so you know whereas talking to your friends talking to your family that's that's very important and that's very healthy uh sometimes you know it's hard because they're not necessarily prepared to help you with maybe what you're going through. And that's where these, these numbers, these contact lines come in really handy. Uh, and so I just wanted to give a, a kind of a, a special announcement there, you know, you know, just again, you're not alone. That's never the case. Uh, and I know sometimes, you know, I've, I've myself, I've gone through it, you know, sometimes it feels like you're alone. It feels like you're the only person going through this problem and the reality is, is that even though that's what it feels like and that's what you're experiencing in the moment, there are people who are standing by to help all and, and it's a monumental ask, but all you have to do is reach out. Um, so that that's really all I got. Uh, I just wanted to kind of give a call out yeah. to that, especially in light in light of this past week. Um with World Mental Health Day, and then also, and also in light of this conversation, I think uh, with the Crota Fire team, it's gonna, it's kind of a, a nice little tie-in to kind of, kind of use that there. But um, with that being said, let's run through our housekeeping notes just real quick, and then we will jump right into it. 
Last week, we discussed fallen leadership. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to rate, and if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes or comment on the episodes on Podbean or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better for you, but also help to continue to expand the FFC family, allowing more and more perspectives to be heard. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you are aware, Focus Fire Chat is a community in which we offer the chance to dive into lore from within various titles and mediums with a special focus on the Destiny universe. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, the podcast team gets together to stream a summary of the chosen topic for that week. The hope for this is to help encourage dives into aspects of game lore within both our Discord server and within the other communities we share the digital world with. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, a central hub for content that covers a wide variety of different titles and mediums. Our full show notes for each week's topics will be posted here, so for the additional information or guest details, be sure to check the site out. Next week's topic is going to be a look at the lore book Ecdysis. That being said, however, we still want to hear your thoughts about this week's topic. Be sure to weigh in over on Discord, and don't be shy in tagging any of the team in the conversation. We cannot wait to read what your thoughts are. For now, let's get back to the show. So, for this week... I how do we how do we want to dive into this do you guys think I think as far as an introduction I kind of wanted to do a the who's what where when why thing it's actually going to work with this episode this is like the first time <laughs> I didn't all delete it <laughs> I didn't have to delete it oh my gosh um also just kind of do a history not only of what we got in D1 but also kind of stuff that we know about what led up to this event and what happened in the event. Just a very brief summary type thing, more so than anything else. And then maybe do a few um, semi-old theories or like talk about a little bit of concepts that come up with that before we go into all the new lore and the crazy advanced stuff that we're getting with Shadowkeep. Sound like a plan? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, so... Who are on Eris's fire team? They're currently around her, torturing her as specters, as not really them, but she knows of their memory. And the members on the fire team are Vel Tarlo, Sai Mota, Ariana Three, Omar Aga, Tolan the Shattered, and of course, Eris Morn. What they did is they attempted to take out Crota on the moon prior to us back in D1. If you're a veteran, if you're not a veteran and you're joining us now in D2, thank you and welcome. And you you have cookies at the door, but they were the... Hmm? They have raisins. They, oh, gosh. Talk about a throwback. But does it, bring, does it have celery, too? I want peanut butter to complete the I ants on the log. I am so hoping that we get peanut butter. Anyway. so For some context, this is right, the past... So, like, this is the past... Three years festival of the it lost D one festival of the lost. I don't think we even got anything last year. Oh no, because it was D one. You had no, the raisins. And, yeah, right. And the celery because Eris wasn't here last year. Right. So we had back in D one. You got raisins the first year for doing like the festival of the lost, which is the Halloween event. Instead of getting candy from her like everybody else gives you, you get this weird box of raisins. So. And then so the, you, the best part about that 
was that Morla actually gave out raisins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For that Halloween, I remember. Yeah. I was like, yes. Following that, if you kept the raisins, because everybody's a, a klepto and kept a hold of them, and like there was nothing you could really do with them. But if you kept them in your vault, and turn, you could turn them in the next year at Festival of the Lost, in which she gives you celery. <laughs> Everybody... <laughs> Once we got the celery, we're a. You're like, okay, raisins. They're still kind of sweet. Sure, it's like handing out prunes, right? Eris is the old grandma of the tower without being a grandma. It's fine. She's just the crotchety old woman. But when you get celery, you're just like, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> but everybody in the community was screaming they wanted peanut butter because it would make ants on a log. You put celery, mm-hmm. smear, smear the pe- peanut butter on it, and then you put the raisins on top, and it's an after-school children's snack. Anyway. Sorry. Anybody who keeps raisins for three years. Is- uh, they became ascendant raisins, thank you very much. Yes, they, they did. did. They I did forgot about that. Along with the artichoke. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the artichoke. The artichoke, that was the artifact for the hunters. It was not actually an artichoke, was it? No, 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 yeah, okay, there, there was that, that was, that was the, that was Dredge, uh, Dredge and Yours Rose, that was Mm -hmm. the art, that was the nuclear artichoke, who is what we always called it, but there was Mm -hmm. actually also, um, it was the celery, and then, there, there is an ascendant artichoke, there was an ascendant artichoke, the ascendant artichoke, I think, was last year, because that was from Cade. That was from Cade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Because he was mocking mocking yeah. Eris. Got it. Okay. Cade got in some kind of hive ceremony. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Cade yeah, gave us an artichoke <laughs> that got caught in a hive, hive ritual or something. Oh, oh my God. gosh. Okay. So, as you can tell, this expansion has brought up a lot of fun old memories. It's... For us, at least. Not for Eris so much. Much Like that segue back into it. So the Eris's fire team attempted to attack Crota and kill Crota on the moon. The reason why it was actually a vengeance hit, because Ariana 3, one of the members on the team, lost her partner during um, a major war event on the moon where thousands of guardians went up there to take control of the moon again from Crota because Crota's minions and everything. There was just lots and lots of hive out out on top of the moon. And it was called the great disaster because Crota showed up essentially and started taking everybody out permanently. Um, Even killing some, uh, I think it was a hunter or maybe a Titan with a knife made of his own ghost. Yep. Yep. Which is terrifying. So uh, Ariana 3 finds out from a um, slightly unreliable source that Waning is dead and plans to get revenge on Crota. She assembles this fire team of Eris. She and Eris are kind of the two point men on the fire team. Um, Ariana is the one with the vengeance. Eris was just kind of a, kind of a support figure for her through most of it. And they come together to create this plan to not only get Vel, Sai, and Omar, but they really wanted to get Toland in particular mm-hmm. because he was the hive um, master of hive arcana, essentially. And Toland at this time was 
in banishment, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was in, he was in exile. And just a point of clarification there, they actually didn't want to get Vel. They, they yeah, tried to. Well, they, they Vel avoided, volunteered. Yeah, Vel, Vel volunteered there's, there's, himself. Yeah. There is slight um, brushing up against that con- concept because Ariana wanted to get Vel. Oh, yeah. According right. to one of the cards. But Eris, but Eris, Eris convinced not. her. Yeah, Eris. Eris talked her out of approaching him, and then he volu- he found out and volunteered anyways. Right. So, the from there, um, we get into some of the history and everything of what actually happened. So, what tri- triggered the fire team to to go to form Waning's death on during the great disaster, and the events. What were the events following? Uh, what were the events on the moon leading up to the fire team's formation? Uh, prior to the great disaster was um, the K one event, which we are learning about now in Shadowkeep. If you got the collector's edition, you have the booklets that have a ton of information in there about how that was going on. Or if you just go into the lost sectors, you can kind of see where they were, and then the fall of your. Then we get to the great disaster. So that those events, I know Wicked has a theory with some of those events. Wicked, do you want to jump in here at all, or am I good to keep going so, on this? Well, there's there's a couple of different things that, as far as with that specific sequence of events, that I was kind of curious on. Uh, in particular, one one of the or one of the first ones being Ariana finding out about Waning's death from the source that we're that we're talking about. When I read the card, the one of the things that I think has been actually indicated before was the hive have had or have been able to talk before or have been able to communicate back and forth as far as with Dredge or the then the wizard. And now we've got Ariana three talking to this wizard in the Lore card prior to that, where it discusses Ariana 3 and Wade's relationship. Um, there's a very. Wade is a very jovial individual. And Ariana 3, she's very dedicated, but she doesn't seem a malicious individual. Um, she is a disciple of the Praxic Order. And Blue, you might be able to answer this one. Is there any clarification as to whether or not a disciple is actually part of the Praxic Order, or are they like an apprentice? I haven't been I'm not sure about. So, like, my the understanding is there's like we don't really understand, like we don't really know much about the ranks within the Praxics. Um, we do know that the Cormant Blade or the Cormant Seal is reserved for the like for it's basically like a uh, Medal of Honor kind of thing like it's uh it's like you you are an exceptional member of the praxis um because and we kind of learned that a little bit actually from uh anor because she also is a bearer of the praxic uh or the cormant uh seal cormant cormant cormorant blade it's it's the freaking it's the freaking bird it's It's a a giant it's a bird it's a bird um it's a bird it's a bird it's a bird burb it's a burb (laughs) burb 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 burb. um but and so like 
being that being what that is, you know, she she is a she is a follower of the Praxic uh, fire, the concept of Praxic fire, because right. that's what, you know, basically what happens at the end. Um, as far as like the whole interrogation piece, I kind of think it, I mean, it makes sense because the the Praxics are the the pragmatic warlocks. They're the ones that don't hesitate to get their hands dirty. Uh, whereas others tend to, uh, distance themselves from, not from necessarily wet work, but they, they distance themselves in the sake of making sure that rationally it makes sense before they do something. Praxis. pull the actual court, the quote, she is, she is a romance seal. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she is a full member. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the cormorant seal is something that only like, like I said, only like really distinguished members. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's a thing that is, uh, it's it's noticed, like it's known throughout the city too. We learned that from Anor because that's how Anor managed to clear the train. Was she used mm-hmm. the Cormant seal and she was like, I'm, she flashed her badge. Yeah, she flashed her badge basically, <laughs> and and so, everyone got off without too much question. So it's it's something that is recognized. Okay, so the reason why I'm asking that is. An interrogation is a pretty, as far as just using wartime doctrine, an interrogation is automatically one of those where it's, it's a pretty pretty high-level thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of red lines and red tape that you have to cross in order to do something like that. And when I first read that card... I did not. There's a couple of different ways that I felt you could interpret it. One was I uh, know that some people have seen it as like a premonition, where Waning had not died yet, and the wizard was trying to kind of scare her. Wayne. Yeah, scare her a little bit, uh, which has all kinds of interesting tie-ins to that. Meant essentially that the hive was looking into her brain at the same time as she was looking into the hives. Mm-hmm. So, but then there's also that potentially what had happened there was not that. It was trying to show her the battle that was taking place or that would take place, but sh- but showing her or making her remember Wayne's death. Uh, basically, either the two of them were not there, or maybe she was around in the area when Wayne was brought low by Crota. And Could showing be. her that memory, because that would be inspiration for her in particular to go to such lengths to find answers. Well, and my only disagreement is the ending of that card. Um, because at the end of the card, uh, the they get a call from the Guardians at Mare Embryum. And they rush, they rush from the interrogation to, to uh, provide reinforcements. So well, the great okay. disaster is going on at that time. That's not right. that same card, though, is it? Because yeah, that's that's that, the interrogation. I'm, of, I'm, that's the interrogation of the wizard. Because that's how right. It ends. Warlock two, Ghost Fragment Warlock two. She says, "Get your sparrows." But where does it say that she gets a car a call? Because it's she's talking about she's relaying what the wizard showed her to real quick. the other person in it. So, um, the card we're referencing is Ghost Fragment Warlock two. Mm-hmm. My name is Ariana Three, disciple of the Praxic Warlocks, marked by the Cormorant Seal. And it can she's interrogating the wizard here. Um, it responds to pain. She's recording that as well, uh, possibly also dictating it to somebody else in the room. 
I don't it's, see it's, where it's she got the a call. Third, par- third paragraph from the bottom. It's the the response from the ghost. It says, Crota marches with a thousand knights, and they oh. say the sky above Marimbrim has turned into green fire. They are dying so the, in numbers I cannot bear yeah. to repeat. Okay, so the backslash is designating the ghost. So yeah. this is not actually... Okay, that's how that is. I thought well, she was just... That's how I always took it, because it's... um. Uh, if you down, okay, so it starts, she does the intro, blah, 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 my name is, and then the sound of current, and then it says, slash, Ariana, it responds to pain. There's a word, yeah. There's, there's the nothing, uh, okay. nothing, there's the static, and then it asks, should I burn it again? No, I think you're only feeding it. I will touch its mind. Ghost help. Mm-hmm. So. Now, the Great Disaster was a war that lasted quite a while. Uh, I th- we I, don't know for sure. See, and that's where it kind of gets debatable because you also have the new introduction with Gunner, mm-hmm. uh, the Dawn Caller, mm-hmm. where, and then also Toland has a quote as well that, you know, basically concerning the Crota rising from the Hellmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, honestly, the disaster really—it wasn't a war as much. It was—it was a single, you know, quick event. Uh, and that's, I kind of mentioned this to Green. You know, the reason that the Great Disaster was even a thing was because the Guardians got cocky. They got they, which goes back to Ray's Lighter's entry uh, and the Battle of Burning Lake. They eked out a victory over these knights, and they're like, "Yeah, we're tough." You know, it's, they basically got the bully syndrome on the playground, and then a yeah. bigger bully came around. Um, Lord Shax, the consensus did not. Oh we gosh, barely eked out victory at part. Burning Lake, and now you think we're ready to attack the moon? We're preparing. Didn't your re- did you not read my report from Burning Lake about the hives weapons? Those yeah. swords—they're like nothing we've ever. So they knew about the swords before even going to the moon to they the knew, Great Disaster. They knew about they knew about the swords of the blades of Crota, but they did not. Yes. I mean they they had no fat. They had no way to fat because. The thing is, is also like with the Ascendant Blades, the blades are, they're described as something that uh, paradoxically becomes sharper and more deadlier the more they're used. Normally a blade becomes duller. And so as a hive ascends through the ranks, the blade becomes more powerful. So, you know, if they barely eked a victory out at Burning Lake, that's probably against some low, low hanging knights, really. You know, that's that's okay. not not there. And then you because then you also have the swarm princes who are guarding and who created and then guard the, the sword of Crota, who we actually take out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Crota himself with his own ascendant blade or his cleaver, you know, which is described in Warlock 2 as literally being able to suck the light. Um, he eats he kills them one by one with a sword that eats their light. And then that's where you say, that's where uh, she responds with, kill the wizard, scatter the ash. It has nothing but lies to offer. We have light and fury. That will be enough. Okay, so if this is a premonition, if this is a foretelling of what is supposed to happen on the battlefield, according to then what I'm noticing from that is that there's essentially, the wizard one was able to identify or had already known somebody who was close to Ariana 3. If she's showing, or if the wizard is showing Ariana 3 specifically Waning's death. Basically, how did she know what Waning looked like, and how did she know that much about Ariana? 
that that's one of the concerning th- things that I have is was this kind of one of those enemy on a blade kind of instances where the the bridge was made and these two are essentially reaching into each other's minds. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. You get, we have plenty of comment conversations about staring into the void. We we do. And if they're capable of premonitions, if they're capable of looking into the future and seeing, it goes back to what other precognitive abilities did the hive have? Well, and I, I interject again here. We don't know that this is actually a, a premonition, right? It could right. be. It could be like what you're saying. What you were saying earlier. It could be that it's just jacking with her. You know, right. it's it's counter. Yep. It's the counter interrogation method. Like, oh, you're going to come into my mind. Okay, well, you know, of all the creatures, yours. of all the creatures to have a mental battle with, the hive is probably not the one that you want to go into battle against the wills with, um, because their entire existence is all about you know the will, uh, especially right. wizards. Wizards are extremely cognizant of things that are going on who are mentally, you know, their, their mental acumen is very high. And so, you know, where you have this very odd mind meld going on, which I, I well, also am curious how that even works, but I mean, hive mind, <laughs> the ghost, well, no, but I mean, like, because she's like, I will touch his mind. I'm like, okay, so wait, what? <laughs> like, what? Calm down Special there, Spock. Yeah, like, calm, calm, calm down, Spock. What are we doing here? Like, She takes a piece of its mind, essentially, each yeah. time when she's doing this. Mm-hmm. And the thing, I don't know, the connection point of could it be a live, quote unquote, a live feed of what you're seeing or what's going on? Could it be an, a hive mind where uh, the wizard is just showing her what's currently happening happening above? Then Oh, yeah, I, I entirely, I can also see that. That's actually how I took it, was that it was just being like, you're distracting, you, you, right you think that so you're preventing something, but I'm just distracting you. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of that, <laughs> there, was, there was one theory that I did talk to Green about that uh, goes into thinking that you're doing one thing and actually causing another. Mm-hmm. Uh, in regards to Eris, in regards to relations to this fire team, uh, one of the things that we've seen as a running, almost like a running gag in Destiny lately, has been uh, the appearance of the Ahamkara hunt. And there is one interaction between Wei Ning and Eris Morn. <laughs> where, uh-huh. Are you insane? <laughs> yeah, and... Wei Ning essentially is sitting there beating down and destroying this one Ahamkara, feeding it by through her desire, but just pummeling the crap out of it, destroying it utterly. And she's using that confrontation and that battle to draw in six other Ahamkara at that point in time. And as soon as the Ahamkara appear, Eris blinks and puts them all to the blade. One was used as bait, and six more appeared. And we're put to the blade. Which can I make a small interjection for people yeah. who are not D one players? Back in D one, um, arc hunters were not uh, the the bow staff. They were more like the spectral knives. They actually were um, what was the actual name blade dancers. 
So Eris was a blade dancer. They also had the capability of blink jump like the warlocks do. So when Wicked said that she blinked, it wasn't that she was closing her eyes necessarily. It was that she no, jumped she, she in. She crotoed them. That's how you, that's she, how you sword, bear, sword bearer the crota. <laughs> you punch him in the sword, back, go invisible and wait. Yes. Pretty much, yes. It's yes. totally legit. So I just thought it was an, an interesting kind of mirror that... Specifically in the Ahamkara War, once again, I find something that looks very eerily similar to something that happened later on down the line. With and the actual Crota Fire team? With the actual Crota Fire team in that this one witch just so happened to find the one warlock who, was, who would be pissed off enough and want revenge so badly that she would blindly lead it into the Hellmouth to give her. You just so happen to find the one warlock they need. Or they're just playing off the weaknesses. You Correct. Know. Well, I think that's part of it is they are they were playing off the weaknesses, but I don't think that I don't think that there's a I don't think there's too much of a lack of planning on their part because and we'll go into this further on down the line once we go into the sequence of events happen fire team but there are those that actually point out we were supposed to be here uh we were meant to be here they wanted us here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tolan says that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of where i'm going with that is that this is this was part of the plan that something like this had to happen in order to get a team down there so, yeah it, but that's, so, that's enough of my spin for it. No, you're good. That's good. It's good for the first episode. Um, so we have kind of the background of what causes all of this. Then we get into the fact that the fire team actually goes into the Hellmouth, and we start losing them one by one. They if don't even like get listen, in before they start losing them. I know. I know. They lose Sorry. the one Titan. They had one, the Titan had one job to survive to the end so they can bubble. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he dies before they even get in the door, really. But, uh... It's like a bad D&D story. It's like, attack! Oh, nope, nope, nope. Turn around. Run away. Get out of there. Yep. And that one guy is just dead. Roll a new character sheet. Um, Yeah, so... Spectacularly dead. If you would like to listen to the whole story in great detail, you can go and find it on our episode 40 back from 2017 <laughs> I, no 2016 2016 you, we did that episode mm-hmm. um we did episode 40 which was the crota fire team story from d1 as we knew it back then um the story has basically stayed the same before they even get in the door veltarlo the titan gets killed <clears throat> technically not by alakul by himself but he gets pinned to the ground and you see this when you're um, giving Eris the mark of Veltarlo, you mm. see Vel get pinned to the ground with a giant axe, which is the weapon of choice for the Dark Blade, which was Alakul, which we kill in a strike after during Taken King. Um, oh, but that strike. Oh yes, I actually really liked that strike. I did too. Until until you had to do the the sword <laughs> variation, that was just a pain in the butt. But yeah, yeah. 
But okay, so Vel gets pinned to the ground by Alakul. Then a bunch of Thrall come out at him and just basically maul him to death. And the as they do, I don't remember. Yeah, as they do. So he dies basically at the door. Which can I make a comment here that I think it's hilarious that one of the things that Eris and Ariana picked out about him specifically was how wonderfully he knew how to avoid situations. Wait, no, no, there's a wait, qualifier wait, wait. in that statement, though. <laughs> there's a qualifier in that statement because the end of the statement is, except for the times that he didn't. Like, I'm like, oh, right? like, oh, <laughs> no. Gosh, yeah. The way the things that Ares says about Vel make you think that he's kind of that happy puppy titan, that one that's just real excited to do everything and wants to volunteer for, for everything. The puppies! Yeah. This crayon's purple. Oh man! All right, <laughs> moving on from Vel, they get into they get into the actual raid itself, and then they get split up essentially. Mm-hmm. So, the next one that we that we went over back in episode forty is when Saimota dies, which Sai is the very first one you you helps Eris get the Spectre away from. And Saimota dies, and she's killed by Omnigol. Which Omnigol, she's a we bamf, get to... Sai. Oh yeah, Sai is like I. I like Sai. <laughs> okay, like no. Sai the reason the reason why I say yeah, we know the reason I say that <laughs> is because she ran out of blade dancing blades, so she's like she's out of light. Basically, she fashions bone or she fashions knives bone from knives. Mm-hmm. from yeah. the ribs of thrall that she kills and continues blade dancing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, you win. Like I, I, I mean, it doesn't matter the end. And we also learned exactly how she died in uh, Shadowkeep. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, we do. Oh, my goodness. So Sai is also the very crafty one on the fire team, which we found out in Shadowkeep as well. Mm-hmm. She likes making things. But as, she's as killed by Om. As you do. Um, she She's killed by Omnigol, which Omnigol is from D1, a very, very painful strike that was my least favorite strike she's a but you had she's a very opinionated person oh my gosh she likes screaming a lot yeah also voiced by eris morn aka morla all the hive screams are morla from d1 but uh omnigal in that strike was there now she is the one of the haunts or the hunts haunts that you can do each week and you get to go down into, I think it's not world's grave. Where is it? Yeah, it is world's grave and kill her. It's, it's across the world's grave. Yeah. It's down there. It's in that area. (laughs) It's over there somewhere. All right. So they're split up. The next one that we went over is that Omar is killed by having Mm. his light peeled away. Like by the in by strips. the by the heart of Crota, which is a different wizard. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is also super confusing, by the way. Yeah, uh, well, okay, so Omnigal is known as the Will of Crota, but she is also the brood mother to Crota, essentially. She's Crota's partner. And yes. But the light is peeled away like string cheese, which is an old quote mm-hmm. from Justin back in yep. the day. Yep. That still shiver makes death. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and then the thing is, is the wizard, the heart, peels the light off of Omar, like skins, Mm -hmm. basically fillets him, and then uses that light to feed her offspring, who are like, so it's like basically she's peeling him apart and feeding the thrall that are around around his feet. I'm just saying that it's it's flaying him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's like, I mean, like it's the description. The light, light from him. It's but I mean, yeah, it's like the light, but it's also like, I don't know. Like it's just it's this thing where you know you kind of have the uh, at the beginning of D two when you have your light taken away from you, you have that ethereal mm-hmm. figure of yourself. Yeah. Um. It's like so that's what I yeah. imagine is getting just literally str- like just string cheesed. Yeah. Away. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm because and the reason why I'm making why I'm saying that is because I imagine there was a very different kind of consumption going on for Veltarlo. Yes. With the thrall that mauled him. Uh, yeah, because I don't know in D2, does the mark have gore all over it? No, the mark in D1, is one D1, one of the artifacts you can get, it was kind of... It, it had blood all over it. It, it was kind of gnarly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so... After T for teen. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this mission. Like this, I call it a mission because Crota strike or the Crota Crota raid felt like a strike. Let me get my words right. <laughs> Once we got to uh, the end of D1, it definitely was very quick. You can finish it in 30 minutes quick, oh, yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, so the next one on the list is Ariana 3, which was, as we talked earlier, the one who kind of instigated this whole fire team to get together to go and attack Crota. She is many believed at the time, back when we recorded this in the back in the day, believes that to, she was killed by Iriut in the death song, and in some ways by his lack of stopping it. In some ways, not that he could have Toland. It was speculation back in the day. I did say back in the day. Oh, like I, the speculation was that he could have, or that like. He yeah, was. Okay. He led them to it, and there's still some people who believe that. Oh, I think he led them in to some it, but... ways that Toland led them to their deaths with this. Whether he did it like oh, consciously or like whatnot, who still don't. <laughs> that's there's still. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Green's just like we're not gonna. We're just not gonna. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Pied Piper all the way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He really oh, yeah. did. This raid is so super easy. All you have to do is oh no 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 oh, the no, Titans no. He down. He never said it was easy. He never said it was easy. <laughs> no, that's he fair. Didn't. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> he said they were screwed from the beginning. <laughs> he told him he was like, "This is gonna work." <laughs> nope. But he went are, along you guys anyway. Are idiots. But okay. <laughs> yep. And he's one too because all he wanted to do is hear the death song, which is his whole reason for going with them into the pits. He hears it, and it kills him. Shocker. But in the process of this, he's somehow, I don't know how he and not Ariana, he's somehow, probably with his Hive magic, able to transform his <laughs> spiritual being to where now he's just a floating ball of light that talks at you, and you wish Whoa. you could punch. Somebody has some. Someone has some like issues, man. Like there's some, there's some like pent up 
pent up feelings here. No, I mean, he's, we never get an explanation on how he does this. And that's something that's kind of frustrated me is like, how is Toland now in the Ascendant Realm? And, well, okay, so, I mean, I have, I have an idea there too. Like, Tolan was a known like defender of walking in the void. <clears throat> he was he was very very adamant. Like Toland, I equate Toland's level of control and power with that of Osiris in the old the old yeah, guardians. I would I would put them on the same level. I don't think Ariana's on the same plane. Like Ariana like and this was also so to clarify there too, this was back when we had Sunsingers not Dawnblades. So like mm-hmm the 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 whole concept of the the embraced by the praxic fire was much more akin to a sun singer than a dawn blade because sun yep. singers were actually able to self resurrect themselves i um, think it's funny that our exotics in game now still re- represent that phoenix aspect yeah i even we, we yeah i'm so i'm so, i'm actually <laughs> sad that we got rid of the self res because i can't tell you how many times in a in in that raid actually that self resurrection would came in very handy um well even just the concepts of like as far as the knots and everything like, like that mm-hmm. alone just as far as the impact of the world was but well, and I think, and they're kind of talking about this. They're kind of talking about this. Pins is talking about this right here. Is like, you know, there was a difference in the way that Tolan carried himself than Ariana. Ariana and and the rest of the team really went down there with the intent to to destroy. Tolan went down there to explore, and Tolan went down there to learn. Tolan went down there with the idea that he wanted to become. You know, he wanted to become part of the song or what what happened well, like, however you want to phrase he, it he didn't necessarily know that the song would transform him in any way shape or form mm. i don't think did he like he knew he knew he knew about he knew about the ascendant realm right and he knew about the song but he didn't it's more of that exploration factor like did yeah, he know like, he was going like to be so in, i in like the black flag actually... i like that black flag he went. He went with an open hand, not a closed fist. It's oh par- yeah, he wanted to be friends. No, it's a par- It's a parallel to Ares One. Mm-hmm. He approached. So, he approached them with an open hand instead of a, a weapon, and he benefited from that. I mean, you could debate back and forth whether or not it's an actual benefit, but he didn't get eaten. He he approached it with the same, dare I say, reverence that Jacob Hardy approached the Traveler. And as as uh, as uh, potentially as a reward, he was he was he was uh, ascended. He was elevated, if you will. But Whereas the others knew. were just wah, wah. Yeah, I I don't think he knew that that was what was going to happen. Like, I think he went down there with the intention to find out what he could about the death song and then use it against the hive. If he could, but I don't have I. He well, that's fair too. Yeah. That revelation, revelation swallowed hard. In in learning the definition, I was unmade. He, he basically says I had no idea what was really in store for. Him. That he even realizes he he was ignorant of the actual repercussions of what was going to happen after he actually achieved his goal of a, of hearing the song. 
Yep. 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 Anyway. Mm-hmm. So Tolan becomes the light bulb and we're left with Eris, who has kind of been struggling her way through the, the different life. caverns and whatnot. Yeah. Life in general. I, I would like to know more about Eris prior to this whole transformation and everything that happens because Eris has not always looked like she does today. Mm-hmm. She was a human but, once. Mm-hmm. And is again. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> what is that about? I am a little upset about that little nugget of annoying what? information. Mm-hmm. Read Eris's description. Oh, I know. I know. I I'm know. like, wait. And, and what? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's that whole issue. Like, I'm not even going to touch that problem. But I've. Yeah. So she's she's just magically no longer a light bearer. Well, didn't she? Now, so here's why that makes sense to me. The when the Crota Fire team went down there, Tolan mentions that it's siphon, siphoning their light out of. Them. Oh so yeah, no, I mean, I I just am like so it makes sense. She doesn't have it, anymore. and if, without her ghost, if her ghost is dead, it, there's no real way for the light. I guess to my anymore. my frustration is I read that in like a completely different like because. She is still a light bearer. Like, she is still a risen, if you will. She's. Well, does she. She can't utilize the light anymore, can she? Can I know she? she can cast hive magic. Can she? Is that, not, is that not utilizing the light? Is it, though? Like, we. That's the debate now. Is it actually using right, the last light time for I, heirs to be able to last cast? Last time I checked, wizards used arc, void, and fire. Right, but, but does it require but is it? That the, is arc void and they are elements of the light? Yes, they are manifestation elements of the light. So, I guess what going to the whenever we received our our uh, our warlock nova warp powers and nova bomb powers, Toland said that they will look at you like you are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the hive wizards. And there's a lot of recognition in any class, really, where if you start delving into void powers, yep, they automatic they automatically start associating you with darkness. So that's where I'm starting to get to get to the idea of: Are we absolutely positive that it's the elements that are based in the light, or it's the ability to use them that is based? Oh in the light? no, it's the ability. So okay. So that's, okay. that goes back to like the oh, old, right. old more cards. So, yeah. What? <laughs> this is oh my god. So, Blue's flexing his arms. He's no, so ready. No, to do it's this. like this is this is like the whole thing, and Dino's kind of touching on it too. They're not they're not of the light. They are manifestations. They are elements of our universe that the light manipulate and create. So you're right. It's the light that uses those elements to either do you know. Whatever, and they they actually the grimoire cards for these elements do a really good job of explaining this. Mm-hmm. Like it's the cycle, mm-hmm. it's the cycle of life that's existence in our universe, which is where you get the confusion of the nine when they're in uh-huh. the cockatus gates because they don't understand that concept of a cycle. Uh, they come right. from the binary space of either you exist or you don't, whereas we have entropy. Um, 
But if you look at light as like the underlying energy force or the anima of everything, then it you technically are saying that, yes, you are still manipulating the universe in, in a form using the light. Light is basically a life-giving force, which is explaining where the hive crave consumption of it. The hive, actually, that's arguably where the hive gets some of their immortality is through the consumption of the light, the feeding of their worms. So that, so I mean... I think it could be more of like a kind of the humanism or as far as our humanity's version of just trying to identify her in a way that does not associate them with the hive. Kind of like how we had not developed the names for titans back in the days of yore but they eventually just kind of categorize them as this is what they are because that's what they understood them to be so since eris Morn can't control a super anymore we're just going to call her human or we're just going to say she's human because she's not i mean again by what we say she is. right and again i i kind of beg the question of we don't know that she can't achieve supers we yeah, assume we've that not she can't. Seen it. We've not seen it. But then again, she also has immense powers elsewhere. She can teleport mm-hmm. people. She can teleport herself. She uh, she does have some component of significant power that's on par, if not in some cases, more than any guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it's like you know maybe maybe she evolved ascended whatever you want it whatever you want to call i mean it also depends completely on whether or not you buy into the the theory of what that glowing orb is um you know i guess what i guess what i'm saying is not so much that she doesn't have power but it's not a transferable power as the same as the guardians no no not even that it's think of it like the information that's in our hud or where we're seeing the information being written down to us or fed to us is essentially this is what the vanguard identifies her as because they don't want to say oh she's yeah, a yeah, light yeah 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 okay i yeah, see what you're that's, saying that's where i'm kind of going with is that they don't want to say she's a light bearer and using hive magic and well, that the, qualifies her as using as being a light bearer oh, the other thing is there, is yeah. she's also yeah. we the soft fact of what dancing Vero just brought up, brought up is the fact that we know her next death will be her last she calls that out on multiple occasions so in some respects, even though she can utilize the light, she's not a guardian in the traditional sense of having a ghost and being able to resurrect multiple times. So she's kind of has that humanizing factor. So I can see why they they put that. I also don't necessarily agree with it, but and I guess because Drifter is is notified or is identified as a light bearer, but he still has his ghost. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is so. then, yeah. Yeah. What it's Fair. just semantics at this point. What? So no. always, always semantics, always with you guys. <laughs> um okay, so as a kind of a quick wrap up, just gonna do a quick recap. Ariana sees Wei Ning, her partner, her love of her life, die at the hands essentially at the hands of Crota and his minions, gets angry collects a team, a SWAT team, an avenging team, to go it was not, into... It was, not the, <laughs> it, was not the, it was not the A team. That's all we know. It's not the... It's way, there's no Mr. T. Although there is a Mr. T. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> oh, God. Now Poland is, is Mr. T. T. Oh, my God. 
I pity the fools. I, I pity the fools. I, I, honest, I honestly got a man that fits even. Um, I know. Actually, it really does. Except for Tolan's right. a lot more like grouchy. He's like. Uh, he, I, I, Mr. T was pretty grouchy. I mean, just, was he though? I don't know. Yeah. Lately, I've seen, I've seen he seems to anyway. have quite a sense of humor. <laughs> well, he's calmed down in his in his older age. Like, mm-hmm. oh god. Anyway, so Avengers assemble. Mister T and everybody goes into. I'm mixing up all these different references. <laughs> you really goes are. Into the Hellmouth. It's fine. It's fine. Goes into the Hellmouth. Start getting picked off one by one and separated and just totally not conjoined as a team. Gets to the end with Toland and Ariana. The death song happens. Eris is somewhere off in the distance. We don't know exactly where. She kind of hears the death song. Ghost, we found that out in this one. Oh, yeah. But she's far enough away that she doesn't necessarily get affected by it the same way that everybody else does. Toland gets turned into a light bulb. Ariana's killed and scene closed. We discover this whole event happened. From Eris showing up at the tower randomly back in year one of D one, after we which opened the Hellmouth, after we open the Hellmouth, and it kicks off all of the things. We've awoken the hive, even though they've been awake. I guess it was just a nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wizard came from the moon. Yeah, thank, thanks, Please. thanks, ghost. <laughs> It's like you want to pat its head, but you don't know which one is his head, yeah. his little points. Anyway. Careful with that one. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I have for introduction episode as far as like kind of a recap of who they are before we get into like their backgrounds a little bit more. <laughs> they are the LFG team that lied to each other about being Max Light and knowing what to do. That is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah, I totally, like, I totally have a yellow horn. What are you guys talking about? Like Toland right. is the only one who actually knows anything what's going on and may actually be at the higher light level. <laughs> he's like the only one who's actually done and it. He's but the, and he's else the one like, that you don't want at the higher light level, right? Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> way he's, too he's accurate. Just the trolling Sherpa that's just like, I'm gonna get this and put it on YouTube. It's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go touch that orb mm-hmm. to set off the events. Boop. Okay, oh. but yeah, blue. You want to do shoutouts? Yeah, let's do shoutouts. You want me to lead, or you want a wicked to lead? We can. I don't care. I Rock like paper being scissors. On the spot. Do it. Okay. I like being on the spot or in the corner, according to Rask. Um, spot. <laughs> uh, so. I think my first shout out is going to actually be to Raz. Uh, she's been helping me out a lot lately with basically helping to get some stuff together as far as preparation for our own uh, involvement in social media and the Destiny community. So hopefully we'll be able to get put some stuff out there and some content for you guys. And again, just anybody out there who is it's getting into the winter months a very hard time of year. So reaching back towards what we talked about at the beginning of the episode, if you're feeling down or angry, depressed, feeling feelings where you're not really sure what to do with yourself, don't wait until it gets to the point where you don't see a way out. Reach out and talk. Um, Even if it is just a friend, if you're angry, 
if you're just dealing with any kind of feelings, talk to someone. Right? Get it off your chest. Uh, it, just, it helps to not let those build, those feelings build up and to actually find camaraderie and other people that have been where you and they are out there. Uh, there's plenty of places that you can call and you don't have to have gotten to the point where you don't see a way out of it. It can be for just the small little things. Get out there and really really make an effort to help to understand both yourself and to get some get all that off your chest because you don't deserve that weight on. So those are my shout outs. Yeah, totally. season, seasonal affective disorder is a real thing, guys. And winter is definitely winter definitely is coming. Yeah, winter is coming. Yeah, we we literally have an entire in in the military. We literally have an entire teaching season. An actual no no crap. We ever take everybody to the auditorium and sit down and talk about this for hours. About hey, look, here's all the things that you can do to kind of prevent this mindset from setting on to you so believe me if we did it's all over the place it's not just you it's not just certain walks of life it's literally anybody everybody everywhere is affected differently and anybody can have that strike so you're not alone at all and it's not unusual no nope. and it's not something to be embarrassed about no not at all. i think is the other thing that i i know for me personally, it took a while to get over that concept is like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's just me being, you know, overdramatic or whatever. And it's like, you know, to call a spade or to not even call a spade, but to be blunt, it's like, okay, if that if that is the case, okay, sure, whatever. Still talk to people because yeah. you might not be. And if and you know, are you willing to take that chance? And that's the that's the thing for me that finally snapped me out of it was it's like Okay, yeah, no, this is this is worth trying at least. So yeah, definitely, definitely. I will I will double down on those shout outs. Green, what about you? I have two shout outs. One that's kind of a funny, and one that's uh, just kind of a nice shout out. One to the devs and those members of Bungie who actually made the trip down to Australia for PAX. Mm-hmm. this year it's really awesome that they went down there and they were doing panels and everything and the funny shout out actually goes to mr log power slave <laughs> himself for eating glue, glue! on stage <laughs> and saying it actually God. didn't taste that bad it, that actually as a tastes titan. not too bad yeah and Morla's sitting two people down like Morla's <laughs> sitting next to matt mylan matt's like falling out of his chair he's like oh my god you you could see like morla's severely grossed out by this whole situation like she looks so uncomfortable in the video i'm gonna put it in chat so people in chat can see it but it's just so bad and log i love you man uh, you just embody the titan he tweeted that he was he was dead today i regret nothing (laughs) yeah i regret i regret nothing (laughs) from the the beer garden uh-huh uh-huh yeah but that's for the course for him shout outs to those two groups for sure for bungie to make that trip down there and to be down there with our, our aussie friends and for log to just represent titans so so well on eating um craft supplies so it's great blue all right well goodbye 
With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.